0: Sustainability speaks. We're your hosts, Stasia and Saskia.
1: On today's episode, we're excited to welcome Garrick from Eco Stylist. Garrick, would you like to introduce yourself and give us a brief overview of what Eco Stylist is?
2: Yeah. Th- thanks so much for having me. So, Eco Stylist is a resource for ethical fashion. So, if people want to, you know, make ethical purchases, make uh, find ethical alternatives, you know, to fast fashion or just any fashion brand, uh, we're basically helping them make those decisions. Uh, so EcoStylist. is the main thing we have is a resource or a directory of only ethical and sustainable brands. Um, and we we thoroughly research brands in order to make it into that directory, which is definitely something unique about our platform. Um, and then in addition to that, it's we have sustainable fashion guides, um, as well as a curated shop. So basically just different touch points to make it easier for people, like I said, to make those ethical alternatives, you know, to, to mainstream fashion.
1: Oh, that sounds really cool. So sort of like an ASOS, but without selling clothes and sustainable.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, except yeah, definitely the sustainable part, <laughs> but yeah, basically kind of, yeah, kind of like that. Exactly.
1: Oh, very cool. So how did, um, this come about then?
2: Yeah. So I was working on a fashion startup about four years ago. I was in grad school and I was doing it on, on you know, on the side then. And the initial problem I was kind of fixated on was just helping people find things that they couldn't find like i thought this was interesting i would talk to people and they would say you know i've spent like three months trying to find a yellow jacket or something and i was like well that's preposterous like we should there should be a way to make this easier for you to do Um, and like while i was working on that uh you know and building it i i met actually the founder of one of these brands uh like like an ethical brand and it was just like a like a flea market type environment um, on a weekend in boston and he was just telling me about how they how they pay living wages so the the brand is Adelante shoe company they're based in boston in the u.s and they manufacture in guatemala and they pay a, a living wage there that they measure they're really progressive about it because obviously there's not well not obvious but there's not like a universal metric at this moment that people can look at to determine a living wage you know so brands that are measuring it on their own are really on the forefront leading on in that space of like what it what a living wage is and so, yeah, so they did that and I thought, that's really cool. I didn't know about this, you know, prior to that. So, um, so I bought a pair of shoes, first of all, like on the spot, because I wanted to support this brand that I thought was doing really, really cool work. And then I did a bunch of research and, you know, found out how unsustainable the fashion industry is at large. Um, cause like, you know, prior to this, I was considering recommending clothes from like ASUS and Amazon and, you know, other retailers. Um, and after I learned about all this, I. I, I realized this is not the problem I want to solve anymore. Like I want to help people, I want to help people find clothes that they're, that they're looking for and ethical alternatives. but I want to help them support these good brands, right? Like I want to help them support brands like, like Adelante. Um, and so it kind of, yeah, that's kind of how it started. And then, you know, fast forward now we have 80 going on a hundred brands soon. Um, and so basically, yeah, basically just creating a destination of, of the most ethical and sustainable brands that, that we can find and research.
0: amazing that that sounds very interesting and nothing like we have kind of been able to explore through this podcast previously so this will be very interesting for our listeners um i have a question with regards to like who your target audience is yeah
2: i mean are you looking for the business answer to that in terms of like who is our who is our target customer or or like maybe or like more generally like who who
0: i guess both both
2: Okay, yeah, because obviously it's it's funny because there's, there's like a business answer for that, right? In terms of like who you know who's your most likely customer, but but in reality, it's like for us, it's like it's anybody who I mean, everybody wears clothes, right? <laughs> so like in a sense, our target customer is like anyone who wears clothes who wants to you know who wants to support a good brands, whether that's like and there's a lot of, a lot of different things that people care about, right? So uh, like if you want to support fair wages for shoemakers, right? Like we have really good brands that pay really good wages to their shoemakers, um, and, and still offer, you know, affordable prices for really quality shoes because they do things like made to order, which like reduces their costs. Um, or, you know, just people who, um, or if you want to reduce your environmental impact, obviously, right. Like be more sustainable, have a more stable lifestyle, you know, then, then yeah. So basically like, and, and we're finding that, you know, we have this, this, this person in mind, right. Who's like, like our core customer is, you know, is millennial and, and cares about sustainability or has some interest in it. Right. But we see that as people learn about this space, because with sustainability, there's a lot of education involved, you know, people who may not fit that description of, of necessarily like who we were targeting will, will, will you know, want to support these brands too. And we'll use, we'll use our website. So we think that's pretty interesting, but, but yeah, the, um, the business answer would be like, would be like a, basically a millennial, but it's, it, it falls outside of that. Right. Our users are, are, fill a much broader range than just that
1: and sort of going off of that well let's say onto that um where are you based your team based and where are the brand's based
2: yeah so we're based in the US and basically all over we're like we've been a remote startup since before covid you know i think it's it, covid which i guess we are fortunate in that way because we were prepared already but we've always sort of functioned as a remote team and so yeah, so we keep doing that. And so our team is kind of all over the U.S., and we've really been supported. Something unique about us is we've really been supported by volunteers who really care about what we're doing. Um, and so that's kind of interesting. Like, so in 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 our history, we've had like 30, 30 interns basically at EcoStylist, and you know they have helped make this a reality. And and we've given them like career opportunities, helped them you know go to get into grad school, get their next job, things like this. Um, so yeah, so that's pretty cool and, and something I'm really proud of work, but yeah, we're based in the U S and our original target was the U S because when I started this, it was hard for people in the U S to find these brands, right? Like there were better resources for people like say in Europe, right. Or, or even like, like Australia and, and other places, but in the U S it was not exactly like clear answers, especially brands that are based in the U S. So, so we started there, but now the majority of our brands it really it's like U.S., Canada, and Europe are pretty big segments, right? So we have anybody in those markets. You know, we have a good selection of brands, and, and we keep building that. We keep building it out, but but I, the, our strongest is still the U.S. though, because that's what we started focusing on. So we have a large number of brands that that are based in the U.S. Um, and, and yeah, and we keep expanding. We 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 have more and more brands. We've been adding that are you know based in like New Zealand and Australia and things too. So um, as we grow, we'll just keep expanding that.
1: So it sounds like you've expanded quite a bit. When did EcoStyling start?
2: We started three and a half years ago, um, officially. And yeah, and I've been doing this full time since then. And um, yeah, it's been like an interesting journey, a lot lot of changes, a lot of learning. um, And um, yeah, so here we are.
0: (laughs) And with regards to kind of the type of brands that you partner with, I'm just curious, what is your criteria with regards to like what makes a brand sustainable?
2: Yeah. So we have a super extensive criteria. It is, it is, um, it's basically an Excel spreadsheet and it's like a, it it looks like a survey and it has a lot of questions. And so, but at the high level, what we're looking for is three things. We're looking for transparency, fair labor and sustainably made. And so we have. Lots of questions for each of those categories. And so we're looking for, you know, how transparent are brands? Um, Because as people probably know, you know, in, in fashion, transparency is really important because so many people get exploited when brands are not transparent. Historically, this is what's been happening. So that's why that's, you know, a key pillar of the criteria. You know, then there's, with fair labor, there's, you know, does the brand pay living wages? Do they pay benefits? Do they give back to the communities where they manufacture? You know, do they encourage and allow employees to unionize? So it's pretty extensive. And then sustainably made is everything from like you know do they measure and have programs to reduce like co2 water waste um do they have like circularity programs are they focused on a more responsible level of consumption so not producing like crazy amounts of clothes like fast fashion brands do uh things like that so yeah it's a pretty it's a pretty extensive criteria and it's really progressive it's really hard for brands to pass so like most brands we research they, they fail and um, yeah and so that's what it looks like on the back end and we're looking for brands to earn at least 50 points under this criteria um, but we thought that this was a little hard to translate to our users because it's just kind of complicated and and you know especially if you haven't had time to like digest it and when people are trying to make ethical choices they don't necessarily want to do that right so so we've made it way simpler on the front end uh, with our ratings. so basically we have this directory where everything in direct in, everything in our directory is certified so it's only good brands in there so basically if you You know if you trust our framework and our research it's like you can just use that tool um but if you click on each brand there's a brand rating and it tells you uh basically at a a high level overview of their score so like how did they do in transparency fair labor and sustainably made um and what it highlights what they're doing well in each of those so you know if they have a circularity program or something it'll highlight that in there and then it also highlights what they, like this is definitely unique it highlights where they can improve right so even for brands to pass they have to be like they have to be among the best brands out there because it's really hard but even then we're still sharing how they can improve um if they have opportunities to do so right like our highest rated brands we won't have that because um because like if like if they're because if they're rated excellent in all three categories like we're not we're not going to list like how they can improve but you know if they're if they pass but they have some areas where they could do better we, we, we share that and we share how they can improve so yeah that's kind of um what it looks like for our users
1: yeah i really like that i think that's a really good feature um i just have a question about the research you do um obviously greenwashing is quite a large trend in the fashion industry i mean it is in every industry but in particular in fashion how do you ensure that you and your researchers are not swayed by greenwashing and that the research you do is legitimate?
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I think in a sense, like everything we do is, isn't a way to combat greenwashing, right? Like mm-hmm. the reason, kind of the reason we got into, um, well, we've been, I guess we have been researching France pretty much the whole time, but the reason we got into that is we recognized pretty early on as we were talking to people that if we were going to, Make them. If we were going to build a resource for them to shop ethically and and you know find sustainable alternatives, we had to do research because there was so much mistrust out there, right? Like people would tell us, um, you know, we don't know who to trust. I don't know of a resource for that. Um, there's so much like uh, greenwashing and, and right out there. So so that was kind of what led us to do research in the first place, right? So the reason we do research is to avoid greenwashing and to you know instead of um, like we didn't want to be like a well-meaning blog that accidentally promotes you know, maybe some brands that are less than stellar because we didn't research them, right? Like, especially in, with so much greenwashing out there and, and people being so scrutinizing. So we, we to avoid all of that, you know, we, we established research early on and yeah, so that's really how we avoid greenwashing. And our, our criteria is so progressive that it's like, a, a brand couldn't be, it, it's basically impossible for a brand to like pass any greenwashing um, because the things we're looking for are, you know, really, um, like, like, just like, like, ten percent of the criteria is if they pay living wages and offer evidence of that. And you know, so few brands do that, right? Like in the fashion industry, you know, two percent of brands pay living wages. Um, hopefully, that's increasing. I know some of this data, you know, needs like an update, right? Because it's not like um, it's not like there's a ton of research agencies out there just like doing current research on the fashion industry. But but that's the latest metric I've seen. You know, maybe if we're being optimistic, it could be as high as like five percent or going that way. But 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 i've seen two percent and that's pretty horrible and so yeah that's a big chunk of our criteria and brands that do that are um definitely putting their money you know where their mouth is right like they're not faking it um they're not trying to be ethical just to sell you something they you know if a brand is paying living wages that's that's a real leadership position and it definitely means that they you know they believe in this and they're doing it because they you know because they care and they want to create better fashion brands and not um yeah, and, and not the norm and, and all of that. So, yeah, that's that's how we avoid greenwashing. <laughs> so.
0: and, and with regards to, I guess, just, like, the overall aspect of sustainability in fashion, why do you think that is becoming ever more so important for all uh, types of consumers and perhaps not just millennials?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, it kind of goes back to, to what we were talking about earlier where you know, while we may have, like, a specific target in mind, everybody wears clothes and people care about different issues, right? And and that definitely varies, you know, by demographic and, and things like this. So, yeah, so I think it's just finding what people care about and, and sharing brands that are making a difference in that area, right? Like, like, some people care really strongly about living wages, right? Like, maybe, like, some people might be less concerned about, whether a brand uses uses sustainable packaging, but they're really bothered that brands don't pay fair wages, right? So and and so then when they learn that there's brands they can support that do that, and and that by doing so, they're supporting you know a move towards living wages in the fashion industry overall. I think you know that's I think that's where you kind of get more people on board is just um, supporting like like connecting them to the brands that support the causes they care about. Right. And there's because, like I said, there's so much out there. There's, you know, there's living wages. Um, maybe they maybe they care more about nonprofits. Right. Or something. There's there's brands that give back to nonprofits. Uh, like one of our brands, Voice, VoiceThreads, for example, it's a it's a sock company or a sock brand mostly, and they all of their socks get back to or promote nonprofits. Um, so like by wearing the socks, basically, are really bold, like they have these really bold colors and patterns. Um, and they're mismatched, so they're designed to like spark conversation. So you see them, and you're like, oh, what's that? You know, and it's like, oh, these socks were designed for, you know, for like uh, for this nonprofit, and you know, it supports like uh, like shelter for homeless people, or you know, or like local food bank, or what you know, whatever it is. And so, yeah. So and obviously, people care about all kinds of causes. So I think, yeah. So I think at the end of the day, I think it's just connecting people to, and, and as you mentioned, if it's climate change too, right? It's like, well, which brands are taking real imp- real measures to reduce their environmental impact right like not just saying things not just saying like we'll have sustainable fabrics in 20 years or something right but actually doing things now and measuring those things and so um yeah so I think it's just yeah it's just connecting people to to the causes they care about
0: yeah I completely agree with that and I guess also just to bounce off that point um there's a big kind of issue, I guess, in the sustainable fashion industry with regards to kind of all all the causes that can be supported through fashion is that there's an additional cost and accessibility is an issue. And even like a lot of the time, for example, I remember when we were at Saskia and I were students, which was not that long ago, um, you, even if you want to kind of transform your wardrobe and kind of go on that journey, it's actually quite expensive. So, what are your thoughts about that
2: yeah no this is a really important question and i think and obviously really complicated right and so like first off like because i think there's definitely perceptions that you know um that it could be that sustainable fashion could be exclusive if you know if like we're saying the way to be sustainable is to support these brands and maybe an individual can't afford them right or it's not in their budget um but that's not I just want to take a moment to say, like, it's not that's not what we're saying, and that's not reality, right? Like, because sustainable fashion, I I think that kind of takes a moment to step back and say, like, well, what is sustainable fashion in the first place? You know, and it's not because it's not supposed to be something. It's not something that you have to buy into, um, or or that's inherently expensive, right? Because like, what it is, the most sustainable thing all of us can do is wear the clothes we have, right? Which is free, right? There's there's definitely free ways to be involved in sustainable fashion, and it's not all about buying. So like, first off, it's like wearing what we have, right? And then there's like the spectrum of more sustainable choices that we can make at, you know, as individuals, right? And it doesn't matter which, like, it's honestly, it's personal, right? And it's, it's so it's not like you have to do anything, um, but it's like, if you want to make a difference, there's all these choices, right? So it's like wearing what we have, taking care of our clothes, you know, thrifting, swapping, you know, like if it's a special event or something, maybe you can rent something instead of buy it. Um, and then, you know, and if it's in your budget and, and you're buying something new, you know, supporting, supporting sustainable ethical brands, and and within that though when we talk but then but then yeah but then to your point like if you if you're doing that you know you'll notice that yes the prices are more than um than really like well like fast fashion of course right but it depends on depends on which brand you're comparing it to but generally you know the prices are more and this really requires us to stop and and think about it though because it's not as black and white as like like you can't just compare one piece of sustainable fashion to one piece of like fast fashion and say like it's more expensive because this this really requires, it requires a change in habit and buying behavior, you know, from everyone. Cause like the, if we take a moment to look at like where we are, right? The amount of clothes we buy is unsustainable, right? We're, we're like the average piece of fast fashion doesn't even live for a year, right? Like the like more than half of fast fashion is thrown away in less than a year. Um, so if that's where we are today, then the rate, then buying a lot of things, buying them cheaply and not valuing them and disposing of them is something we have to stop doing, right? Like that's unsustainable. We have to step away from that. And so if we're going to do that like one of the ways is to really rethink about the entire process right so it's like you know if you buy clothes weight if you buy clothes like less often right um then you can afford generally right like obviously what somebody can afford is up to them it's not like we're not prescribing that pretty one but like but if you do buy less then you can afford it makes sense that you can afford to spend more on an individual piece you know and you can buy a higher quality piece that lasts longer um you know some of these brands help you out by like like nudie jeans offers free repairs for life on their jeans right so their jeans cost more um and they're obviously really thing ethically made but also like there is a long-term benefit if you if you factor in like that those repairs that warranty um you know and then for accessibility like they they sell repair jeans um they're like so which are significantly less um than their new ones so there's there's there's, program, there's basically like ways like that that it's more accessible than, than we might think. but again, like it's we kind of re, have to rethink about this whole process. You know, and Asha Barber is a um, author, you know an influencer who, who speaks really well about this. Um, she talks about about price in, um, and how we need to rethink it uh, really eloquently. And I think yeah, I think it, to think about price, we have to look at where we are, right? Like the price of clothing has gone down. Over the last, you know, several decades, if we're looking at fast fashion, and that's not why like we have to stop and say, like, why is this happening? You know? Like, why has Cause that's that shouldn't be the case, right? So the fact that clothing is getting cheaper should be a red flag to say, like, well, how is this being made? Um, and then we need to think about like who we want to support, you know, because I think I think too, sometimes people feel like things I've seen people feel like things are unfair when they compare to even like margins, right? They might say, like, oh well, a sustainable fashion brand has; um they might identify that it has a higher margin or something than a fast fashion brand, and you have to think like, well, what level of consumption do you want to, you know, support? Because like a fast fashion brand might be able to afford to take smaller margins because they're producing so so much, right? Like millions of garments a year, and if we're willing to support sl- like slower brands that are slowing down, we might have to pay more for each piece for those brands to stay in business, right? Does it, like, so that's something else to consider too. With this whole thing is like it, it's like. We, we, I think we had it backwards sometimes where we, we fear that sustainable, some sustainable fashion brands are greedy and whatnot. And I think that would be extremely rare. Like that would not be the norm, right? I think it, in the reality, they're, they're trying to stay in business while producing way less. And that's hard to do if you think about the economics behind how these brands are running. Um, so anyway, that's just another point. I think we could, there's a lot to talk about here, but that's um, some of what I think goes into the price discussion.
1: Yeah, it's definitely such an interesting debate. And I think lots of people have varying opinions on it um but i to back up sort of what you said i think when people talk about shopping sustainably they don't mean the people who genuinely cannot afford it they're not saying these people need to start buying expensive items the issue is when people who can afford it are over consuming unsustainable items that they then throw away within the year which is exactly yeah pretty much what you have um summed up and sometimes i think some of the items aren't actually more expensive for example i know one of the brands that you recommend on your website is i don't think i'll pronounce that right, but Veja it might be Veja, Veja and i was looking at a pair of their trainers the other day and they were on sale for 70 pounds down from 100 and i thought that's the same price as for example air forces or it's even cheaper than air forces so i think sometimes it's just about making a conscious decision rather than going out of your way to um buy additional sustainable items
2: absolutely yeah that, that's a great point too is that sometimes the prices are actually comparable especially if we're not comparing it to fast fashion right which is like if we're comparing it to like uh, you know like you said like if you compare like veja to nike you might find we actually have an article where we looked at like five popular men's sneakers so like we actually looked at the air force one and we looked at a sustainable alternative and what i thought was really interesting about that article is just that the prices weren't as different as people might have expected you know like the the price comparisons like oftentimes it was actually pretty close
1: um, so, you, as you just spoke about your blogs, what sort of blogs do you write? How often are these produced? Because obviously we write blogs, um, so they're kind of similar to ours? I don't know if you've looked at ours.
2: Yeah, it's, it's um, we produce articles pretty often, um, like almost weekly, and it is, I mean obviously in this space education is so important, and as well as resources, right? Like articles are a great way to help people answer whatever question they have, like which fabrics are more sustainable, you know, or how ethical is Sheen, right? So like, these are all things that we can, or like 10 brands for more sustainable sweatpants, right? Like these are all things that people will like search for and, and have questions about. Um, and so really that's what we're, we we try to do with our blog is just, you know, sp- spread, you know, education awareness, uh, good information. We even will address like more niche topics, like, um, like if you want to bank sustainably, you know have you considered that and then like here are some good options and here are like here are like investment funds that uh that don't that divest from fossil fuels right so like all kinds there's honestly like all kinds of of fun stuff you can get into with a blog and so um yeah
1: okay so they're not just fashion related
2: no i mean the majority of them are but um but we yeah but we get into sustainable living a little bit sometimes too because well obviously like our, our, our readers are interested in that as well
0: Could you perhaps tell us whether there's any fast fashion brands in your directory, and if so, then why?
2: There are not, and there's there's two main reasons for this. The first one is that our criteria looks at an entire brand, not just we don't look at collections as as an right because we want to help people support brands that are all in on you know on sustainability, and oftentimes with these like conscious collections, it's you know. 1%, 1%, maybe, you know, 10%, whatever. It's a small number compared to their overall, you know, overall clothing production. So that's reason number one, but reason number two, that we don't have any fast fashion brands in our directory is because on all the metrics that we're looking at, like, what well, we would like to see fast fashion brands improve, right? For sure. Like it would be great if they adopted more stable fabrics and circularity and all these things, if we take a step back and we're being honest, even if they do those things, they're not equal to the brands that are in our directory because their rate of consumption is so massive. And that's like their, that's their biggest sustainability problem, right? The biggest sustainability problem they have is that they're producing hundreds of millions of pieces a year. Um, and so like, you can't, you know, even if they, you know, so that's what i was saying. So even if they like measure and start to reduce their CO2, like that's amazing and it's great, but they'll never, you know, they're still, um, they still have a pretty big handicap when, 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 when trying to compete with, on sustainability with the brands that, that we're promoting because the rate of consumption is just, you know, it's just bonkers and it's like not ever going to be sustainable.
1: Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, So for someone who does want to build a sustainable wardrobe and is potentially just starting out, just listening to this podcast and um, doesn't know where to go, what is your top three tips to get started?
2: Yeah, top three tips for building a sustainable wardrobe. I like that question. The first step, I would say, and this is an interesting question because we actually used to do personal styling for a while at EcoStyle. so we helped people, you know, on a one-on-one level, looking at their closets and things, like work through, you know, how to build more sustainable closets, and um, we eventually, we actually just closed that program this year because we noticed we were doing too many things, and we wanted to, we wanted to narrow in our focus, right, like, you know, because people, I think, were confused of, like, you know, are you a directory, like, are you, personal styling, what are you, you know what I mean? So we kind of, we kind of, we had to narrow it down, but, but we have, yeah, but we did that for a couple of years. So, so kind of speaking from that perspective, I would say top three things for people to build a more sustainable closet. Okay, I would say number one would be to look at what you have, right? That's always a good place to start is like looking at your closet and figuring out, you know, like I said, like wearing what you have, right? Also identifying things that can be repaired or tailored. I think this is something like, a lot of us like don't do, right? We don't often take inventory of what we have and find the opportunities there because we just, it seems so much easier to just buy something new, right? But there's always opportunities in our closet. So, you know, maybe you have like pants or a blazer or something that need to be adjusted and then you would wear it because it would fit you perfectly, right? So I would say that would be one is just like take inventory of what you have. Um, Obviously, you know, we have to clear out the clutter. So, right, because like if you have things that you hate or, to, right, or don't fit you, or like you're not gonna wear, um, then those things just take up mental clutter and make it harder for you to get dressed. So you know, there's you want to get rid of those, not throw them in the trash. You want to get rid of them more sustainably. We've actually written some articles about this in terms of what are the resources for getting rid of your old clothes. Um, so that would be number one. Then number two would be I, would be to think about where, like, what do you need right in your closet? So because like when we're buying new things, it can be easy to like lose track and just right want to buy everything or. Right. So I think it's important to like write it down in terms of like what do you need for your closet? Um and that way you kind of keep it focused, right? And you don't necessarily like in terms of like what am I looking for more specifically and, and that helps you narrow it down. And then figure out what works for you and your budget. Right. So whatever you whatever's on that list and, and, and how much money you have to spend on it, like you can then think about where to get it. Right. So maybe, you know, so maybe if you're working with a tighter budget, like maybe you can you can try to thrift things locally. Um if you like thrifting things online, you can do that too. Um, you know, you might be able to, if there's clothing swaps around you, these are still pretty rare, but some places have them. And so I think, you know, that can be a great way too, to like get rid of some of the things in your closet you weren't wearing and trade them for, for you know, for something you, you like more. Um, and then, you know, and if you want to support sustainable brands then obviously finding those and how do you find them, you know, obviously is, is a question we get a lot. And honestly, like not to plug ourselves, but I would say like use our directory, right? Cause it's like, it's just like the whole, finding them like doing your own research is just really tedious right and people don't want to do that so i would say like find a source you trust you know and then you know if you're looking for new brands use that resource you know find your brands that way um just save yourself a ton of time um and yeah that would be that would be my my three major tips oh and then and then then i guess lastly too just don't worry about being perfect right like it's like you it's all about like incremental steps in the right direction whatever you're doing you know so like your closet doesn't need to be like 100% 100% sustainable brands or whatever, like, that doesn't even make sense, right? Because, like, keeping what we have and wearing it is is really important, too. So um, I would just say, like, take the pressure off yourself and just, you know, do what you can um, with what you have.
1: I, uh, I'm i so gu- guilty for keeping clothes and having a mental clutter. I've not got rid of any of my clothes before I sort of start to become sustainable because I just feel oh, guilty even getting rid of them because I know charity shops don't necessarily... Um, most of them don't get sold and it goes to landfill. It's just there's so many problems with it, um, and it's difficult to know what to do. So I'm definitely going to check
0: out that blog.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, charities are very much overburdened with used clothes.
0: <laughs> and as we're kind of wrapping up, um, is there anything new that you haven't planned that you have planned that are that you may want to share with our listeners?
2: Yeah, definitely. The main thing I would share is just that we've we've just launched a new version. Of our brand directory to we've you know done tons of user surveys talked to people and really found ways to make it more useful for them like what are they looking for what do they want to filter by right all of that stuff so yeah so we've just updated our brand directory to make it way more useful help you find you know what you need um you know narrow brands by like you know europe or or you know or the us uh you know you can break them you can sort them by tier right like we we actually so all of our brands. Like I mentioned our directory are certified. So they're all sustainable brands, but we we rank them by three tiers. So they're certified silver gold. And you can, you know, you can filter our directory that way, um, you know, by genes, whatever it is. So yeah, I would say the thing we're most excited about right now is just this this new version of our directory and and how that's making it easier for people to find, you know, ethical alternatives and good brands.
0: Yeah, so Garrett, thank you so much for joining us. This was a very interesting discussion and I'm sure our listeners Will love it and they'll also engage with um, Eco Stylists. We will link all the links for Eco Stylists in the description of this podcast and on our social media. Um, so, yeah, we strongly encourage you to check it out. Thank you so
2: much. Yeah, th- thanks so much for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed
1: it, make sure to check out others and follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn for more updates.